Hey everybody, it is time for some more Werewolf by Night. And that means my buddy Al Sedano is back here with me. We're going to talk about two more issues of uh, the series, but what we're going to do is something a little different. We're going to talk about, you know, an issue of Werewolf by Night, issue number 12. But rather than go with 13, we are going to jump to Giant Size Creatures, number 1. Uh, which is a Werewolf by Night and uh, Tigra as well. Really cruel, crazy, interesting story. The reason we're doing that is because uh, we're trying to sync up the Werewolf by Night and Tomb of Dracula crossover. So you're going to hear something a little different uh, from the Werewolf by Night show, and then also the Tomb of Dracula show. And then on that following episode, we will sync up, and the three of us are going to do that crazy, awesome crossover with, you know, Colin and Plug artwork. So get ready, and right after the break, we will dive right in. None of them do. They're not real, the people here. They're, they're dead. They could, they could never be like me. But you're different, Karen. I watch you on TV. I'm gonna light up your whole body, Karen. that came in here. She emptied the place out. She's watching movies. Welcome to the Bronze Age of Horror Comics, and I am here with my compadre, Al Sedano, so that means we are going to have a howling good time. Ha ha, see what I did there? <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, you've got a gift. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Werewolf by Night, you know, it's uh, it's kind of our thing, right? Yeah, and that's a gift by Camper 3. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's, that's your present on your 18th birthday. <laughs> Grow hair. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, we are going to actually, we're, we're mixing things up a little bit here. So usually we, you know, you know, knock out two issues, you know, consecutively at a shot here, but what we're going to do is uh, we're going to continue on and do werewolf by night number 12, you know, continuing from, uh, I think we did 10 and 11 last time, but instead of jumping to 13, uh, 13 and 14 are a two part story. And also uh, we are going to do uh, giant size creatures. Number one, which is a uh, werewolf by night vehicle. It was called that. And then it changed to, you know, a uh, giant size werewolf by night with issue number two when they had those quarterlies, you know, those oversized quarterlies Marvel had in the 70s there. We're going to do that because we are uh, syncing up with uh, Tomb of Dracula to uh, have our big crossover, uh, which is uh, uh, almost there. We're almost there. It's it's it's, it's imminent, right? <laughs> this close. This close. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we're, just, we're just about there. We're almost there. It's, it's looking like uh, that will uh, come out in June, so... Uh, Hold your breath, Ooh. everybody. That's a big one. That's also a long time to hold your breath. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now that I'm thinking, I'm like, man, two months. I don't think that's humanly possible. <laughs> I think if the listeners do that, we won't have listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So everybody that doesn't listen to the show, hold your breath. Oh, yeah, wait. There a we go. 
<laughs> so, all right. Well, we can uh, jump right in here if you're ready, sir. We have uh, Werewolf by Night number 12, and this is cover dated December 1973. And uh, it has a cover. Now, if you go on, like, let's say, Grand Comics Database, they're not even sure who did this cover. There's it, Maybe it's Romita. Maybe it's Wilson. Uh, maybe Ernie Chan or Alfredo Alcala did the inks. These people have no clue. So, uh, you know, it's always like one of these deals where, you know, who do you who do you believe? But it, when you look in the essentials here, um, you know, it just tells you about, you know, uh, writer, penciler, inker and all that stuff. It doesn't say who the cover artist is in the essentials either. So you're just left to kind of guess. Right. That's very weird. They don't have it. Yeah, it's bizarre. And it's I mean, again, it, it does. I can see how I mean, Rod Wilson always looked a little bit Ramita ish to me. Uh, and these faces to me could go either way on the people, but yeah, I, it's just such a weird perspective shot. It's hard to tell who the cover artist. I can't look at this and say, "Oh yeah, that's who it is." It's just it, nothing leaps out at me. What about you? Well, I looked up. I went to Mike's Amazing World. What does they he give credit to John Ramita and Ernie Chan inking. Yeah, that's that's who the the first two possibilities on Grand Comics Database are, and I'm fine. That, that I think okay, I can. Like I said, I can see Ramita in the faces of the two people. Um, well, hey, why don't we describe the cover? How about that? So, <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, we have a scene here where it's kind of like a perspective shot from uh, our buddy the werewolf as he's in the back seat of a car and he looks like he's about to accost a man and a woman. Why they would have a werewolf in the back seat, I don't know. But there's oncoming traffic and we can see Jack's uh, face in the rearview mirror. So pretty, pretty neat cover here, right? I do like it. That's pretty cool. That is a pretty interesting perspective as well as place for a werewolf to be. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is why you check the back seat at night when you leave. Yeah, absolutely. You never know who or what's going on back there. So yeah, it's uh, th we don't quite see that. Uh, there, there's, there's something a little different about the scene, but there is a scene like that in the book and uh, you know, we will get to it. It does sort <laughs> of happen. Yeah, it, it kind of happens. It's under a little bit different circumstances. It's not some poor saps that are just, you know, driving around for kicks on a Friday night. They thought they picked up a doggy. <laughs> yeah, so they probably thought they picked up a Jack Russell, right? But a bunch. So, yeah, so awesome cover. I've always loved this one. Like you said, it's a neat perspective with, uh, like, we're looking through the eyes of the werewolf, but then also seeing his reflection in the rearview mirror. You know, the, the, the background there, uh, a little sparse maybe, but the, I think what's going on with the two people and screaming and the hands, you know, clawed hands coming for them looks pretty darn awesome. What do you think? It, well, actually, the background being kind of sparse works because it's like a really dark, maybe foggy night. I mean, obviously, it has to be night if the werewolf's out. So mm -hmm. it's like the light's just kind of like, you know, it's not a really well-lit road. Yeah. But, but also, mm -hmm. I like the idea, I'm just thinking of it like, I like the idea that the werewolf is going after the, the rearview mirror because he sees the wolf in the mirror and thinks it's another werewolf. <laughs> it could be, yeah. <laughs> he's not going after them. He's They're just going to get in the way. He's going after the other werewolf that's ready. looks like it's ready to attack him. Where did he come from? Mm -hmm. And I can see these two people like in my head. There there they are. I just hear be like, ah, you, know, you can actually you can actually see them screaming, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, no, you could definitely. Yeah, I do like the. The guy's face, though, it's kind of weird. Like, the guy's face is a little, like, Dicko-esque. Like, the, oh, the yeah. panic is, the sweat and everything. Like, that looks like a lot of the stuff, especially in the 50s he did, where he would do, like, these panicked, worried people. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, that's a good call there. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. But, yeah, that is a very Dicko-esque, you know, kind of a guy's face there, for sure. Yeah, look of panic and terror. 
Mm-hmm. And then Cry Monster in the bottom right-hand corner. So, you know, no, not too much uh, on the cover copy here. Just they're really trying to get you to focus on the the terror for these two people here. And again, I, I, I would be right there along with them. I would just jump out of the car. I wouldn't even sit there and scream for two seconds. It, it almost looks like, now, even though this is sort of a scene that sort of happens, it almost looks like they're going for like a EC vibe. Because like this could be done by a different artists, honestly. Obviously, you could see this kind of cover for like an EC comic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm just what thinking about it, like, I wonder how better Werewolf by Night would have sold if, like, every issue they're just like, let's just try and do an EC style cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like they did that from time to time. Marvel, you know, they knew EC had a good thing going there, and once EC was, you know, pretty much out of business, other than you know the magazine there, which they, was definitely the '70s. Yeah, so they were they were thinking, eh, we can rip them off because they're not around to complain about it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's uh, bust to the inside here. So we have uh, uh, Marvelous Marv Wolfman as our writer, you know, apropos there, Wolfman writing Werewolf by Night. Yup. <laughs> and then uh, Pencils <laughs> by Gil Kane and Inks Don Perlin. Interesting combination. Um, I don't, I think I have seen it maybe once or twice before, but not very often. And, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, in a few issues, uh, Don Perlin will become the regular artist on this book. So I found that kind of interesting. Doesn't I'm trying to remember because I'm not looking at it right now. Doesn't he do the giant size issue? Yes, he does. Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 He does the giant size issue. And then, yeah, he's going to become the regular artist here. I think he might take over with 19, 20, 21, somewhere in there. And then. Oh, so pretty soon. Yeah, and then right around there is when Doug Mensch takes over, and the two of them, I'm pretty sure they uh, write and pencil every issue uh, till the till the end. So yeah, so something to look forward to there. But colors are Linda Lesman, letters Tom Orzakowski, and the on the database here it just says the werewolf defeats the hangman, and all the hangman's captives are released. <laughs> so again, yeah, we're 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 gonna dive a little deeper here though. So what about oh. this splash page here? This is pretty darn good, isn't it? It's a good page. The werewolf's face looks a little off to me. But maybe it's their perspective because it looks like his face is flat. Yeah, it does. It's yeah, it's like a, a perspective shot. The hangman is at the bottom of the street and he has a noose around the werewolf's neck and he's pulling him up to try to, well, hang him, right? Yep. Um <laughs> I mean the wolf is pretty off. the wolf is pretty damn jacked though here. Yeah, he's got like an eight pack going on. His yeah, he's got muscles upon muscles on it. He's like Popeye forearms almost. Yeah, he's almost like I mean, this is you know what this looks like? It almost looks like a model sheet for Teen Wolf. <laughs> it almost looks like his pants are ready to fall off, too. He's going to go X-rated here. Hey, X- I was an X-rated werewolf. <laughs> Sounds like a really, really trashy movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. But yeah, I yep, I totally see what you're saying about the face, because it, the hangman's pulling him up in the air, and he's very close to the view of the reader, and his neck is kind of cocked back, so the face does look kind of, well, like you said, kind of flat, like almost like he has no snout. Exactly. But looking to the side, it looks like maybe there is a bit of a snout, so maybe it's just a perspective. Yeah. But yeah, really good page. I really, really like this page. No, it's pretty cool. I mean, you could tell he's, and I like the fact they do show he's very high up because that, that hangman is a little smaller. He's like 10, 15, he's like 10 or more feet up in the air. Yeah, like he, I think he's got him around a lamppost here. So yeah, they're not super high, but you know, he's not crawling up there like because his sports team just won or anything. He's <laughs> he's an unwilling participant here, right? Oh yeah, no normal reason. <laughs> it does say cry werewolf again in like blood red in a circle towards the bottom, and I do love yeah. that. That's a nice that's a nice touch, isn't it? So all right, well, you know, let's dive in here. So Jack, or I'm sorry, the werewolf, he's 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 being hung here, and it looks like he's in a good bit of trouble. And we do still have 
his sister Lisa and Buck down on the street level as well, because that's where we left off. You know, the, the the hangman was trying to murder him, and the two of them were there trying to kind of save him or help him. But I guess they're too scared to try to take on the hangman themselves because he's kind of a psychopath. Yeah, it, yeah, he's pretty damn crazy. And secret identity reveal: Lisa tells Buck that's Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. She's because she's so worried and upset and concerned, and she says because. God save him. It's my brother, Jack. And he goes, stop it, Lisa, girl. You don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Lisa, girl. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, too funny. But the, the werewolf, he he does find an interesting way to get out of this uh, hangman's manus. And I, I again, uh, I would not have thought of this, but this is a pretty good trick. Well, we're not werewolves. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't I think if we tried it, it would not work. No, no. Uh, Bill, the werewolf, he's got some really sharp teeth here. So what he does is, instead of struggling with the noose around his neck, he grabs the, the rope kind of like maybe two feet above his head and starts like pulling on it to try to pull himself up, you know, pull his weight up to make a little bit of uh, a little, uh, slack. little slack there. Yeah. And then he chomps down with these insane, you know, razor sharp teeth and bites through the rope. So good idea. And I love that panel where he's biting through the rope. Yeah, that looks pretty <laughs> cool. That's awesome. That, that's like, oh, that's a good way to get out. Granted, it would not work for any of us. But, you mm -hmm. know, for if we were a werewolf, that could work. Mm -hmm. And it, this crazy hangman, he, it's, it's funny. I know he's like a psycho, but I feel like if I was psychotic, a werewolf would still scare me. But the werewolf does not scare him in the least, does he? No, no, no. He I'm not. I would not be surprised if this lunatic had been hallucinating anyway. Mm -hmm. So I, he sees monsters everywhere. He does run from the fuzz, though, because they show up just as he's going to, you know, try to lay a beat down on the werewolf. And he just books it out of there because yes, I guess he they, feels like they, he'll get shot. They <laughs> come to stop my spreading of the truth. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this guy's a real a real turd. He's he's one of these delusionals that think um, basically no matter what he does, he's in the right because he's on a what does he call it? He, he's beginning a crusade and he says a crusade holier than all the crusades in history the crusade to end all evil and what is evil <laughs> only what i don't like yeah a werewolf and just people running around uh, uh, good looking women apparently and a werewolf is what he doesn't like that he needs to lock up in his uh penthouse yeah yeah and the cop tries to shoot uh, i don't know if he says he's trying to shoot jack or he, it doesn't how do you know if he's trying to shoot jack or he's trying to shoot uh, the hangman yeah, we don't know because we don't see. We only see the Jack, the cop, and then Lisa betting, running into him to stop him from shooting. Um, consider the fact that they're not too far away from each other, and also we know the werewolf is. So I mean, it's possible that either one was at the target. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're close yeah. enough together that either one could have been the target. So there was no point in her letting him shoot. Because what if he shot Jack? Yeah, and then that's uh, all I'm going. With. It could be either one. As the werewolf runs away here, it looks like he almost uh, trips and falls down a set of steps. And then he, I don't know if he just knocks himself out or what happens there. And he's he's done. I, yeah, it, it's really weird. You kind of have to, I kind of had to read it once or twice because they say, oh, now it's daylight. Mm. You know, the yeah. second night, because it says the second night was over. So I'm wondering if they're just not drawing the change. And it's supposed yeah. to be like he's running as he's changing. And then Jack kind of, since Jack usually is asleep. Passes out right away. Yeah. Since he was running down the stairs, he just kind of clunk. Yeah. Now we get, uh, don't forget, too, there's a, you know, a bit of a running subplot here where 
uh, Jack's stepfather has been uh, uh, captured, uh, kidnapped by the committee. This uh, kind of ambiguous uh, group of businessmen that want to do evil stuff. So, you know, probably like a lot of money off of it. Yeah, probably, you know, uh, akin to a lot of never mind. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say big businessmen today, but, you know, never mind. (laughs) So uh, we already know that. Yeah, they they grab him and they have him hooked up to this insane machine where they're going to like, you know, it's almost like, you know, some kind of electrical thing where they're just going to zap the crap out of him if he doesn't uh, tell them where they can find Jack and this and that. And he eventually breaks here. It's like the machine from Princess Bride. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Because we don't really know what it does. It just hurts. A Mm -hmm. lot. And that guy at the bottom of the page there, I think that's uh, page six. That is one of the most Gil Kane looking, the, the Gil Kaneiest uh, people I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. The, the bald guy with the really yeah. thick mushroom eyebrows. Yeah. It's like, and I mean, most of this does look like a combination of Kane and Perlin, but that one looks like Kane was like, don't touch my pencils. And he just went berserk here. Yeah. Although I will <laughs> say there, Philip Russell is a little weird looking. I mean, he looks so. That head almost looks like that. He looks like his neck on that last pedal. His neck almost looks like it's like an extra six inches. <laughs> yeah, he's been a bit giraffe-like there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, well, he says, "No, don't, don't zap me anymore. I'll help you. Just don't use that machine again, please." And they were like, "Thank you. I knew you'd help us." And uh, cut away back to Jack going back to his uh, apartment here the next day. You know, wearing nothing but a tattered pair of pants, and he goes by one of the uh, apartments here. And the door is open a crack, and he goes, that smell of incense. And I <laughs> tweeted this panel out the other day. It says, uh, Jack says, it's coming from my next-door neighbor's apartment. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I think this is the first time we're getting to meet uh, Raymond Coker, isn't it? No, no, we saw him the other, an issue or so ago. Oh, he, yeah. Someone bumped into him, and his books fell, and they were all on, like, the witchcraft and the occult and I think maybe werewolves. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we did meet him already. I I think you're right. I think it was the last issue or maybe even the one before. But yeah, he uh, says to Jack, close the door, Mr. Russell. This is a private apartment, not a hangout for nosy hippies. (laughs) It's like, yeah, well, then keep your door shut, dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. I like how Jack Jack fires right back. Wait a minute. The door was open, friend. I just looked inside, if you don't mind. And he goes, I do mind. And (laughs) what I do here isn't, isn't any of your concern. Close the door. You're already boring me. And he goes, sure, friend, sure. I was just leaving anyway. And he slams the door. <laughs> yeah, that's just fantastic. Like, yeah, but it's like, just so I need a paranoid nut for a neighbor. Yeah. yeah. If he was a good paranoid nut, he would have like five, the door had been shut and he would have had five dead bolts on it. <laughs> and then we, uh, Jack finally gets back to his apartment and there's uh, these two honeys in here waiting for him that are like Betty and Veronica. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam and I'm trying to see the other one's name. She says it. Yeah, what the heck was her name? Sam uh, and we only see Sam's name here. Okay, yeah, it's the blonde. The, the, the two of them are very much into Jack, and they kind of say to him like, yeah, "They're hanging out at his place while he's not there." Yeah, they they they, they want to uh, you know hang out with him and have a good time, and he's just like, "All right, let's do it." And then we switch to Mister Creepy here. Yeah. Now, by the way, I, I spent too long. I probably went further than I should have trying to figure out how these sequence events work. Because he says he lay in that alley 12 hours. So mm-hmm. if dawn was like 6 a.m., 6 a. let's say, this is 6 p.m. There's not much time left before he has to turn to, you know. Yeah. 
Not much daylight it's, left. It's like a, it's like Marv Marv. I think he gave too much time. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, what's the longest day of the year? <laughs> Even that's a stretch, right? <laughs> Maybe this is summer. Like the sun, you know, it doesn't get dark till nine. The moon's not out till eleven. I don't know. <laughs> I'm in Alaska. Mm, yeah. Well, he this this insane, creepy hangman guy. You know, the the girl, the last girl, the latest girl he kidnapped is there. And she's like, you know, let me out of here. I didn't do anything. And he goes, you still don't understand me then, do you, woman? I'm not your tormentor, nor rather, no, rather, I am your savior. And it's like, this this is this guy's logic. I'm going to just kidnap a bunch of women and lock them in cages or tie them up to keep them from getting, you know, into any trouble out there. Because the world is evil and will hurt them. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I had to, you know, I will keep you safe here, you know, no matter what. And no matter what means, does not mean no matter what happens to me. It just means no matter what happens to you. Yeah, and the, the and girl's the just crying and like, you know, kind of just like, dude, you're a nut. Like, let me out of here. Leave me alone. And quiet, girl, you are already trying my patience, he says to her. And she goes, you don't understand me, do you? Do you? And uh, I'm just going to call into question, you know, a little bit of the artwork here. Uh, she has a tear coming down out of her eye and it looks like toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she might be a bit dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, holy crap! That's just like what in the world? It almost looks like molt, like if you had melt silver down, like molten silver coming out of her eye and going over his finger. That's a that's a little weird. Now, here's the thing: a lot of times, especially back in the '70s, people, you know, characters like especially the, the main character would have like a monologue, usually in their uh, thought balloon. Sometimes it would be said out loud. But for the most part, it's mostly supposed to be like, you know, an internal model, you know, dialogue with themselves. Mm-hmm. This guy's, of course, is in all word balloons. And I'm pretty sure it's meant to be in the word balloons because, yeah, he has like a he does not shut up. And he has this running monologue about his life and his holy mission, blah, 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 constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just does not stop. He is nuts. I mean, if you walked up to him, he would just start talking. He would just look at you and just continue his monologue like you were listening the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are crazy. (laughs) Yeah, he's a nut. And I love how we get back to uh, it's funny. It shows him, you know, running around. He sees the cops again and he says, so hear me. This is page 14. So hear me. False minions of justice. Stay your evil ways or perish. Walk the path of good and all its riches will be yours. So speaks the voice of justice. So speaks the hangman. And then we get back to a point where we see Jack. It it, it looks like he's going to like, you know, jump on the guy. But then we switch back to him actually jumping off a diving board. And man, he has got some thick thighs. Yeah. Yeah. Those are. (laughs) He's going to do like the world squat record or something with those things. I mean, my God, like especially by his his feet, whatever that muscle is right above your calf muscle. Like those are huge. Yeah, it looks like his calves are like he's got two calves on each leg. (laughs) I think this is the werewolf workout. (laughs) I think it is, too. And of course, he's uh, poolside with his uh, two lady friends here. And uh They say, score one bullseye for the kid with the light red hair. And he goes, wow, you probably won't believe me, but this is the first time in a, I've gone swimming in almost a year. And that's only living 100 feet from the ocean. And she goes, uh, the redhead says, or I'm sorry, the blonde girl says, then it's about time you had some chlorine blur in those baby blues, handsome. And the other girl, 
Come on, dry up. I'd hate snuggling up to Flipper. <laughs> wow. This is fantastic. Yeah, these, these two girls can't get enough Anne. They are hilarious. I mean, they don't care about the fact that this guy shows up, like, vanished the night before. We don't know how long they've been waiting in his apartment for him. It's now sometime, and it was at least sometime in the afternoon the next day. He comes back half-dressed, only wearing pants, ripped up. His face is bruised and beaten. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, what's up, baby? (laughs) And then I love how he's got to make a phone call. And the one girl says, if you're calling some other girl handsome, it's goodbye, Florence Nightingale, and hello, Lizzie Borden. (laughs) Wow. Holy crap. There's only room for two players in this place, and that's us. <laughs> yeah. What does he say? Then you'd better get a, out your axe, Sam. Ah, so there you go. Sam is her name. Oh, yeah. No, uh, that's the one we knew. Oh, that's Yvonne. right. Yeah, we, we still don't know the other one. Her, I don't think her name is said at all. Oh, boy. And he goes, because the call is to my very pretty, a very pretty girl, my sister. <laughs> I'm like, okay, creep, calm down. And he says, you know, the, hey, Lisa, you know. And she says, Buck, Buck and I've been going crazy. You know, we didn't know where you were and if you got away, blah, blah, blah. He's uh, wasn't he hasn't come home in the past two days. The father, uh, stepfather. So they're just like, huh? And he thinks, uh, you know, Jack still thinks he's kind of just, you know, kind of a jerk and skipped out of town and took all the money. And no, no money has been taken. So they're like, uh oh, something's going on. So Jack kind of excuses himself from his uh, play date here. He calls what well, he says. Uh, now, the brunette says, is something wrong, Jack? He goes, maybe Clary. So I think that's her name. Oh, Clary. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Clary Winters. Okay, yeah. It, oh, it does yeah, say that's that. right. Sam and Clary Winters. Okay. He goes, yeah, don't wait around for me. It might be late. And he uh, goes back to his apartment and gets jumped by uh, two guys. And they do the old pistol whip over the head. <laughs> and then they grab him and throw him in the back of a car. And here's where we get our uh, cover uh, scene, right? Yes. But not before they screw up. Because they were told, take him in, because they even say they're from the committee. You know, the committee mm-hmm. told, you know, they're either higher gun, they're either low-level goons or higher goons, so I'm not sure which. Mm-hmm. But the committee says, bring him in right away. But, like, there's cops out there and stuff. Like, we're not carrying somebody out during the day. We're going to wait till it's dark. That was their mistake, because obviously there's a reason the committee said, bring him in now. <laughs> yeah, and it's awesome. So they we wait till it's dark, chuck him in the back of a car, and uh, the one guy says, uh, I still don't know, Frank. The committee's the committee wants things done their way. They won't like it. And he goes, I told you what they can do with the committee, Harry. Just listen to me, huh? And he goes, hey, take a gander at your friend down in the back seat, will you? I just want to know if, oh, Frank. And <laughs> at that, a, a small panel version of the cover with uh, Jack uh, or the werewolf now uh, in the rearview mirror coming towards them. And what about that next page, too, where they smash the car? This is great. Yeah, they ram a telephone pole and a bunch of garbage cans. And apparently it's a bad crash because it says it's a sudden and deadly halt. Yes. And and of course the sound effect is crash. Crash. And then <laughs> even before it says, even before it erupted in a paroxysm of fire and destruction, the two men were dead. So they're not Marvel Wolfman's like, Oh, this is a deadly crash. And I'm going to tell you, yes, they are dead. Yeah, and Jack is, you know, the werewolf is spry enough to uh, jump out of there just as, you know, the impact is about to hit. So he gets away scot-free, and you see the car exploding in flames back there. <laughs> wow. Uh, but it doesn't take long for him to, you know, get catch the trail of uh, the hangman again, does it? No, no. And he starts trail. I like this. He starts being like a wolf. He starts tracking him, following him, and he follows him, and he gets ground up. He follows him, you know, close enough to a higher building. 
So while the hangman is doing his ranting monologue, screaming at the cops down below on the street who are probably like, do you hear something? Nah. Who is this idiot? Another idiot in the city yelling at us. (laughs) The werewolf is above, ready to pounce. I love that. That is so cool, the way the werewolf, like, you know, it's, because, I mean, he's not, obviously, we know, you know, we said at some point, Jack is going to be in control of the werewolf. But I like that, at least at this point now, we're letting the werewolf be like a wolf. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is, like, I'm going to attract this, like, that's the thing that wants to hurt me. I'm going to get it first. And it does, you know, and it doesn't, I mean, yeah. It's gonna just attack him, but I mean, it does what it has an animal's cunning. It's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna trail it first and be ready for my moment to attack. I love that. Mm, yeah, that is really cool. That's awesome because we haven't seen really much of that, if any, at all yet. So that's no. actually something really cool to add into this. Oh, and I did look them up. Real, I looked up real quick. By the way, it is Claire Winter. You're right. Claire Winter and Sam are the names. Awesome. And <laughs> so you know, the hangman. He's just you know, he's not off his nut. He just starts swinging his you know bow staff or whatever the heck that is. Oh, it's like a scythe, I guess. I, and he's swinging it, trying to kill him. You're stupid to come back here. I'm going to kill you. Well, of course, the cops like, hear all this going on. And they're like, hey, are you up on the roof? Hold it. And, uh, you know, the hangman's like, I'm getting out of here. Because, again, he does not fear a werewolf, but he fears the cops for some reason. Not not sure why. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am not sure whether he's scared or it's just too many to deal with. Yeah, he doesn't want to end up in jail, like, you know, locked up like all these women are. So he does, for some reason, he doesn't try to just kind of get to, a, like, a different location and keep fighting the werewolf. He just goes back to his apartment, which is a huge mistake, because, like you said, the werewolf kind of just tracks him back to there, right? Well, yeah, but he's crazy. So <laughs> He can't think straight. <laughs> I mean, you can even see, like, look at these panels of him running. Like, he thinks he's safe, and he's still, like, you can see in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his panel. eyes are, like, bugged out, yeah. Yeah, he is out of his gourd. Yeah, probably on some kind of amphetamines, too. <laughs> yeah. It was probably. the 70s. It was the 70s, so let's be honest. <laughs> he probably was, but, yeah, he heads back there, and, of course, the werewolf follows him right back there, and now they have another huge brawl here, one-on-one, but, you know, the the, the werewolf, you know, he does kind of get a little nutty here. Like, the, the hangman does, you know, get his shots in as well, but... At one point, the werewolf just goes like he almost has a, a Wolverine berserker rage here and just goes bananas. But he ends up, you know, being able to, to get the better of him here, doesn't he? Yeah. No, no. The werewolf. The were- I, I love, by the way, that panel where it's just uh, has kill written all over. Mm, yeah, it's so cool. Like you, it's almost like you could hear like kill, 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 kill. <laughs> but yeah, yep. this is like the Wolverine. Yeah, like you said, it's berserker rage. I mean, he uh, flings the guy around. Smack breaks that skies, and then we have those cool two panels mm-hmm. where it's the same image of the small of the uh, the hangman and then the large of just the werewolf's eyes. But in the first one, it's the hangman in co- color and the werewolf in like a serpent. Yeah, that's really really good. There, that's that's a great you know, when you think of a really good shot of a werewolf in a comic, that's that's got to be up there. Yeah, and then the next panel, the exact same image, but the werewolf is in color and the hangman's in serpent. And it's like that whole thing of like they're looking in each other's eyes and like the battle, they already know who's going to win mm-hmm. by that. Yeah. And, yes. but this is not like that, you know, fable of like the samurai who like they look in each other's eyes, see who will win, and then bow and leave. The werewolf's like, nope, I'm going to kill you still anyway. I'm still going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of tries to like jump on the guy and the guy just, you know, kicks him, uh, 
over back over his head and into the wall, but that just enrages the werewolf even more. And then that's when he just absolutely goes nutty here and, you know, starts to uh, take out our buddy here. And the whole, like, I guess they like hit like a support beam or something like that because the whole apartment starts to come down on them. And, you know, the werewolf's smart enough to get out of there. And a lot of the debris comes down onto the hangman. And he just, uh, he, he doesn't want to be left there just uh, to be, you know, arrested or look like a punk. He'd rather die. Yeah. And thankfully, in the fight, the women, some of the some of the, the cages were broken open. So the women were able to free each other and get out before this happened. So they don't die there. Yeah. They, it, it seems like a lot of the stuff in the middle of the room kind of caved in. And there was uh, one of the girls there was able to kind of get the key and let the other ones out. You know, the one that was like kind of chained up outside, not in like a prison cell looking thing. And she let the rest of them out. Yeah, they they go blasting out of there just as the hangman saying, uh, because of you, there's nothing to live for. Kill me, blast you, kill me. And the werewolf, of course, is looking. I'm like, what do you, mean, you idiot. Yeah, <laughs> werewolf does not give a damn. Actually, the werewolf has a bit of humanity here to hear to him. Not that he's like, I won't kill you. But it's like, yeah, this is a better torture for you. Yeah, there's a little box here. Little box there. I don't know if this is supposed to be what he was thinking. I guess it says, "I listened," but it was a sickened werewolf who turned to leave. And I'm like, "Huh? What?" But he does say, "I don't want this to live in this world, not in a world of evil." All I did was try to correct things. Don't leave me here. You mustn't. You can't. I've got nothing to live for. You mustn't leave me here. And the werewolf's like, "See you later, pal," and he just leaves. And there he is underneath, like these. You know, big wooden girders like that. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. No, he's trapped there. He might die. He might not. Doesn't matter. Yeah, you would think at some point, like, the fire department and police and stuff like that because of this will show up or the super for the building or something. <laughs> yeah, somebody will. Well, this is the the super's going to be like, who the hell put these cages in? Was this yeah. Canyon? Can you imagine? He's <laughs> Imagine walking into that. Some dude under all this debris. Help, kill me, kill me. And there's all these like cages and stuff like holy for dial, cages dial and monix manacles and everything. And it's like, oh, OK, you're going away. But we're going to go somewhere special, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's the white coats are coming for him. But yeah, really, really good issue here about it, it was crazy. I, I thought, you know, it didn't there wasn't like this final ultimate ending with, you know, somebody dying or, you know, getting thrown in prison. And this this nutty guy, I'm pretty sure he does come back again. I'm not sure how far down the line, but I'm pretty well, sure he does. Now, I don't know if it's him or another one, but I do remember there being a story in Avengers West Coast. So not West Coast Avengers, when it was Avengers West Coast, and the hangman was the main villain. Mm, okay, yeah, I'd be interested to know if it was the same guy or if somebody new came along. It's probably the same guy. I mean, why wouldn't they use the same guy? Yeah, I don't remember if the werewolf is in that or not, but I know Night Shift was involved. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's I, I could I can't imagine that wouldn't be him. So because again, it's such a nutty character to try to say another person was like that kind of messed up would be kind of weird, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I'm well. Yeah, I think it might be another one. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's I hilarious. was I was looking up some stuff because that's how I looked up you know the name of uh Clary Clary Winters and Sam. Uh huh. Yeah. And I was also looking up the hang, so I looked up the hangman real quick, and yeah, there's only several appearances. That's so there funny. must be another hangman. <laughs> his probably his twin brother. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, but we will see him. Oh, yeah, but yeah, there. So there is that. So yeah, it's a it's a fun one. It was a fun issue, you know. Uh, go a decent way to wrap that up. 
uh, no, I, I liked it. Yeah, it was fun, you know? And it was nice to bring the werewolf into something that was going on there without just being someone else trying to capture the werewolf. I mean, yeah. we still had that in there, but it wasn't just... It wasn't really just was about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, again, the subplot with his, you know, stepfather and, you know, Buck and Lisa still being there, but kind of shifted to the background. It was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think, uh, you know, Wolfman did great there. Yeah, it is kind of funny that they shifted Buck and Lisa to the background since, I mean, we have a secret... They revealed the secret ID here. So you think there'd be more, to, you know, that would be more of a front and center. But nope, that happens like the second page of the story. And then we ignore it for the rest of the time. Yes. Sam and what was her name? They got more screen time than Buck and Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sam and Clary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Well, all right. We can uh, move on here to a uh, special issue. Giant sized creatures featuring werewolf by night and Tigra the werewoman. So, all right, really good one here. I've always loved this cover. I only have it in the essentials here. I don't own this actual comic. I've been trying to find a copy. Like, I literally just the other day looked on uh, eBay. There was a really beat copy for 25 bucks plus shipping. And I just, I, I can't do it, man. No, I can't pay, yeah. I can't pay $30 for a single issue of a comic. That's beat. I just, I can't. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, I could, but we'd have to be talking like, early silver age or earlier like ooh, that's an avengers one yeah 30 bucks okay yeah i'll do that and i mean again i love this comic but there's there's really no significance to it it's not like there's any kind of first appearance or anything here there's it's not like it's a, a well, as they say of. a key issue yeah it's a sort of but i just feel I like because it is a it is a character that existed before but it's their first appearance as the way they're known yeah, from from him from here on out, you know, going from the cat to Tigra. Yeah. So, what do you think of this cover? Now, this is this has got some definite uh, uh, you know, uh, credits here. Uh, Ron Wilson and Frank Giacoya. No, it's cool. I I really I the first thing I noticed when I looked at it is like, wow, Tigra's face really looks more like a cat's here than she does later on. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I mean, later on she looks like a human woman who happens to have you know fur. Mm hmm. Yeah, but she looks here, very, very feline here. Yeah, her face is very cat like. She looks more like a hybrid cat human as opposed. She looks more like the cat from uh, the way Catwoman looks in. Um, what was that? It was an episode of Batman the Animated Series where she's turned into a, a cat creature. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tiger, yep. tiger, I think it's called. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's how she looks kind of like that. Her face looks like that. It looks very much like a hybrid human cat. Which is cool. It's kind of like a, you know, different look. Like, because later on, she's just, you know, human, you know, they just drew a face and just like, you know, okay, let's color it differently. Yeah, it's but interesting, here, yeah. too. It looks like they're busting out of like a a, a cell of some sort. Uh, the, like, you know, looks like, a, yeah, like probably like a metal bars, like they busted out of it. And they're jumping oh, yeah, there's right a cage at, there. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping right at some uh, Hydra agents. And I do love me some Hydra. Oh, yeah. Because they're fun to beat up. Mm hmm. Yep. And it says um, Tigra, the werewoman. And then it says, and we dare you to guess the senses shattering secret of Tigra's origin. And I won't guess. I'll just you know read the issue. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, yeah, Tigra, the werewoman. Uh, and this is written by Tony Isabella. Pencils, Don Perlin. Inks, Vince Coletta. Colors, Petra Goldberg. And letters, Artie Simek. And this one just says uh, Greer Nelson, formerly known as the cat is transformed by the cat people into Tigra. 
Tigra and the Werewolf by Night, free the cat people from Hydra. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's dive in here. So, first off, you know, page one here. Um, I really like uh, the page because it has, you know, uh, both of our main characters here, and then the symbol in the background. What do you think of this page? No, I do like that. I do like this. And you know what? I have to say, a lot of times when I'm reading the. Um, I'm not always into when they do like that when a you know the older comics would have like that you know secondary cover, yeah. Because uh, maybe it's just because there's so few pages it feels like a waste of page. Yes. Yeah. But here, but also because it usually shows something that happens specifically in the issue or was like ruining it. But here, I just like the fact that you just have the two of them facing off against each other with the symbol of Hydra. You know, nothing's ruined based on what you saw on the cover anyway. But it's just kind of like a cool poster almost. Yeah, it's a really cool image. I, this is something that I'd, I'd uh, you know, if I could get my hands on the original artwork, uh, oh, I would love to have this. Yeah, that would be cool. Really, really cool. But uh, yeah, um, I have seen the image uh, floating around too. I mean, obviously I have the essentials, so it's black and white, but I know it's like a, I think it's like a red or orange kind of background and then the Hydra symbol and then, you know, Jack and... Uh, tiger here facing off like kind of diagonally at each other it's just really really cool image it's something i i really love <laughs> so all right well you know again here we go let's jump in uh we get jack here and he's he's taking some downtime he he got uh, away from uh california went down to mexico and he's on a uh, mexican beach here walking around and um he all of a sudden of course hears a uh, feet slapping against wet earth <laughs> interesting way to put it not i think i hear someone running uh, feet slapping yeah. against wet earth. That's exactly what I'd say. By the way, real quick, though, that first panel. So Jack's walking and thinking about, you know, his life as a werewolf and the fact that his sister might suffer the same fate. And oh, we yeah. have, like, the Spider-Man thing of, like, you know, the floating heads. Oh, yeah. It's okay, we got the werewolf. Who's this brunette with the long hair? That's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know who that is. That's definitely not a Lisa we've ever seen before. <laughs> no yeah she she definitely doesn't have black hair so I, I was thinking that too i thought i guess is that lisa and somebody didn't get the memo she's not uh you know uh, black haired i mean first we have the problem that lisa and his girlfriend looks too much alike now we, it's like they've changed it so much it's like i don't know who that is anymore <laughs> mm -hmm. and this is literally this is a uh, cover date of july 1974 so this is like six months after the comic we just read and you know, uh, Petra Goldberg, maybe he hadn't colored anything up until now, but, you know, uh, Don Perlin had obviously done work on this title. But I just think, yeah, how'd they screw that up? But I guess, you know, maybe it was a little chaotic back then. Yeah, it was just amusing to me. That's all. <laughs> but we see this uh, uh, beautiful woman come running out from between these uh, rocks here uh, on uh, the beach. And she's running for her life and she trips and falls. And, you know, they have this uh, moment where uh, Jack comes over. Are you all right, miss? And they kind of like gaze into each other's eyes like, ooh, la, la. And then Jack gets hit over the head with a gun and then in the face with the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Just whacked with the, with the butt of the gun. I mean, they just beat this guy. Oh, but yeah. It's because they're Hydra agents. And, you know. That's what they do. They are. <laughs> well, then they grab her and like kind of get all tough with her and say that she was loitering outside a highly confidential installation. And she says, please, I didn't mean any harm. I And she thinks to herself, just keep talking, girl. If you tell them part of the truth, they may not guess it at all. She says, my name is Greer Nelson. I'm a secretary. And this was my first trip to Mexico. She kind of just is like, hey, I didn't see your signs, man. I didn't know what was going on. 
And they're kind of like for a minute, almost, I feel like they might believe her, but then all yeah. of a sudden the guy sees a, a ring on her finger. Well, I, I do like that the one of them, and they do mention a bit here, they because they they do. I, it's a sub. Now I don't know if this was a subplot Tony Isabella was playing with in other issues, or it's just something here. But they are playing with the fact that Hydra is almost like scraping the bottom of the barrel for recruits, because that pops up again also in some of the things that are said here, and then also some things that are said in the flashback story. Mm-hmm. But I like it. It's like the guy's like, "Do you think she's telling the truth?" The, the other one who's obviously been there longer is like. Do you think she believes our our sacred guard to the Mexican army's uniforms? Don't be a fool. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's like really, yeah. So Mexican army wears these, you know, these uniforms with the with the hoods on it. Mm. Oh, and she also has a cat people ring. Yeah, it's awesome. The cat people, you know, it's all like, you know, the crazy uh, zigzag lines all around it, like to emphasize that uh, specific thing. And she does manage to kind of wiggle her way away from them. And then they're like, look, she's changing. And uh, she says, you seem surprised, gentlemen, as if you hadn't recognized the symbol of Tigra, the werewoman. And there's a cool panel of her getting ready to pounce like, well, a cat, right? Oh, yeah. She's a big kitty cat and she's ready to eat. Mm-hmm. So she jumps on these two guys and starts beating the living crap out of these two guys. And I mean, like beating them down, slapping them around, throwing these you know, big guys around. But, you know, and then... Uh, we see at the top of that next page where the moon is uh, arising. So the Jack's hand starts to tremble and then starts getting very hairy. And we know what's going to happen now. Oh, yeah. And it's first night. And the werewolf doesn't know who hit him. So he just goes after the first thing he sees, which is Tigra. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, uh, dude, you know, you're kind of a beast. She's kind of a beast. Uh, why are you attacking her? Why don't you say, like, hey, let's, you know, let's talk about this. Well, that's going to happen later, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, they get into this huge brawl, the two of them, and it's kind of like a stalemate. You know, she holds her own. It's not like, you know, one of them's, you know, any doing any better than the other. But yeah, uh, he's, strong. We... he's a little stronger, but she's smarter. Yeah, she's smarter. So. And she's you can tell she has much more experience fighting like hand to hand combat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She knows what she's doing as opposed to the werewolf, who mostly relies on just savagery and strength. Mm-hmm. Then we see there's some uh, somebody in the background loading some kind of like capsule on the top of a pistol, and then they fire it almost like a flare gun. And it's the it, sonic shatter cone. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It looks like a tooth flying through the air. And uh, then Tiger says, "Look out!" But it goes right. It doesn't hit either of them. It goes exactly in between the two of them, and some kind of like concussive thing, and the force of several grenades and knocks the two of them out. And, you know, Jack, uh, the werewolf, he's laying there, like, knocked out, like, for good. But she shakes it off pretty quick and, again, starts beating the crap out of, like, one, two, three, four, five, six Hydra agents. But then uh, they give her the old uh, uh, gun to the head. I do like that next to last panel where it's, like, it's so graceful. Like, a cat would be, you know, an actual yeah. cat in motion. Like, it almost looks like she's dancing. It reminds me a lot of, like, when they would draw, like, Cloak and Dagger, the way Dagger would move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then she gets hit in the head where the guy yells, Hail Hydra, baby. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. Because it says, the other guy says, Have a care, Agent 8-4. None may use our, you make use of our oath with so little respect. Yeah, so some and, of these newbies. <laughs> yeah, and what, what does it say? The captain, as the werewolf wakes up, says, The werewolf came, uh, the werewolf came out of his sonic-induced slumber while the Hydra boys were arguing protocol. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But that's what I said. Like, there's gonna be more about this stuff. Like, some of these Hydra agents are like just a little too, you know, street punk still. Like, <laughs> they're, you know, they're throwing they, people out there without the before they complete the training. <laughs> exactly. It's like they didn't finish boot, Hydra boot camp. So you know. <laughs> Oh, it's fantastic. And then, yeah, J- J- the werewolf wakes up and kind of shakes it off and comes over and he slashes this one guy. It almost looks like to the head. So uh, is this guy dead? I am guessing because for one thing, I mean, look at the, uh, or at least he's really hurt. Because, I mean, look at, you can see, like, the uh, fabric behind his head is ripped off. Yeah, like it took a big swipe at him and ripped, like, probably his arm and his head open. But he's a hydra, so it's a- yeah, and then the other guy just throws the old toothpaste cap at him. And again, it it's like a little concussive blast, like a grenade. So it KOs him, and they're like, hey, should we grab the werewolf? And they're like, nah, just just the girl. That's all we need. And then you, you see Jack's hand uh, trembling there like he's trying to get up, and he can't he end part one. Yes, story continues on page 16. Okay, let's flip. A warrior reborn. And this is... <laughs> This is an interesting scene. So these Hydra guys, there's a guy there that, you know, like that song on, uh, what was it, Sesame Street or whatever. One of these things doesn't look like the others. He's got a, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a cape on. And so that makes you know he's, he's in charge here because he's got a cape. Well, that's how Hydra ter- determines who's in charge, by, you know, fancy capes. Whoever has the fanciest cape is in charge. <laughs> and they have her in this device where it almost looks like some kind of animal cage, but... It's it's really bizarre looking machine here with all these buttons and things. I, I don't know what to make of that machine. Yeah, I don't know if it's supposed to be that or maybe that's just where they put the cage. Because, yeah. you know, they're, they're, these aren't the brightest Hydra agents. Yeah, and they keep talking about something they need to find. The final secret. The secret. There's some kind of secret. And we don't know what that is for quite some time here, but they keep talking about it. And uh, He says, uh, the main guy, bring in the captives. We will give these cat people a final chance to reveal the secret's location. And another one of those minions says, but section leader, they all they resisted all our previous attempts at interrogation. He says, bring me the older woman. She will break. I promise you. And uh, Tiger thinks to herself, older woman, that could only mean dun, dun, dun. And they walk in with this, well, middle aged woman, Dr. Tumolo. And uh, that's an interesting last name. It sounds Asian to me, but she just looks like an old white chick. Yeah, but this also is the <laughs> 70s, so who knew? <laughs> That's fantastic. So, yeah, so now we kind of get into the origin here of Greer Nelson, right? This is really interesting. Yeah, we get we basically have flashbacks of the highlights of the first, of you know the cat the the cat series that she appeared in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like a four issue Marvel in the early 70s there did these four issue series. I don't know if they were intended to be four or they all got canceled. I don't think they I don't think they, from what I remember reading about them, I don't think they intended them to be four. They just happened to be. Okay, because there was the, the cat, and that's the, who we're meeting here, Greer Nelson. Night Nurse? Who yep. was the other one? There was at least Shanna. two other ones. Oh, yeah, Shauna the She-Devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right. I know at least one or two of them were written or co-written by women because they were trying to see if they can get more people to buy their magazines. And it's like, well, let's see if we can get some women readers, you know, more women readers in here. Yeah, makes sense, right? I mean... I mean, sounds like I, I'm very idea. confused by that. How did that happen? I thought nothing like that happened before, you know, the last five years. That never <laughs> happened before. Really, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I believe me. I would love to have all all of those series, um, but I can tell you, I rarely see them anywhere out in the wild. And if you do, 
they are very expensive. They must have been low print runs or something. Yeah. And Night Nurse, I'm not sure what that's like really all about. Um, but I know I can tell you, Shaun of the She-Devil, I want that series because I think uh, I think it was maybe Steve Gerber and then Mary Screens. She may have written that. Well, if Steve Gerber was, I know Mary Screens was like helped him with a lot with uh, Howard the Ome- Duck. Yeah. So it's wrote, possible. I think she helped co-wrote, she co-wrote some of Omega the Unknown too. They were, you know, frequent collaborators. And um, I can't remember the guy's name, but that uh, guy that's like a humanoid, like a uh, monkey. What the heck is his name? That one villain. I love that guy. The Mandrill. Yeah, Mandrill. I think that's where he first. He first yeah, I believe that is. I love and, that guy. <laughs> yeah, and the Cat series was written by, uh, co-written actually, by Linda Fight, who at least for a time was Herb Trimp's wife. Oh, okay, cool. And um, Roy Thomas, who was also the editor of it, and then Mary Severin was the artist. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, Mary sounds awesome. Yeah, awesome. So she's so. I'm, I was planning to. I just have a chance to read it, but I, I think I'm going to read the Cat series. It's only four issues, so what the heck? Yeah, why not, right? But yeah, it's a uh, you know we we see into her background here, and I love uh, how you know it's got this you know Doctor Frankenstein type moment where she's on a table, and we see that Doctor Tumolo, and she's you know pushing all these switches and knobs and everything like that, and it says, um, "Our solution all the time surely was undergoing the experiment." I was receiving identical conditioning. And it says, my ability to learn and incorporate knowledge was developed to the maximum. And she's like, it almost scares me that I'll whiz through this in 30 minutes. And it's got all these textbooks and everything there. And she can, you know, basically she, her her brain is almost like, you know, working almost as fast as like a computer, right? Yeah, it's, it's working. It's supposed to be uh, help the women achieve their full mental and physical potential. It almost sounds like this is something that could have been retconned or maybe it has been already. I don't know. To be like a you know a, a temp, another attempt at the super soldier project. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that does sound. It does kind of sound like that. I wonder if they've tied that in. Probably at this point, at some yeah. point they did. But she sees a, a squirrel, and she <laughs> that squirrel has an injured forepaw. I can feel it as strongly as if it were my own hand. <laughs> and I'm thinking, um, what? <laughs> so yes, thinking, okay, okay, cool. And then she apparently climbs a tree and starts throwing fruit down to uh, Doctor Tumolo. Well, she's also hanging. It looks like she's hanging upside down with one hand from the tree. So <laughs> it does. Oh man! And then all of a sudden, it says, uh, "I guess this other this uh, male doctor type guy here, uh, uh, Don- Donald Bain, I guess you would pronounce his last name. It's a really bizarre looking name, and he's got an ascot in one uh, panel. So you know he's a creep. Yeah, he was the backer of the project, Mal Donald." Donald Bain, but yeah, he has that big old, you know, the smoking jacket with the ascot. So, yeah, I think there's been like one person in fiction who wears an ascot like that, you know, ascots who's been a good guy. <laughs> yeah, and he that's, says, and he's on Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Austin Powers, but anyway. <laughs> oh, I forgot he wears that. But, he, but well, he doesn't wear that kind of jacket though. But. And this creep, it says he wanted to enslave women. His plan cost Shirley her life, and. You know, we saw that, you know, they were, like you said, it was almost like a super soldier thing where they were trying to do this to multiple women. And, you know, I guess he, one of them died and then he kidnapped Dr. Tumolo. Um, and she says he tried to murder her to keep her from exposing him. But I guess just kidnap was good enough for him. But 
Yeah. So, you know, uh, it says it became the cat to bring. I became the cat to bring him to justice. Uh, justice, his suicide blunted. So I guess the dude, it shows him uh, putting a gun to his head here, which that's pretty wild. Yeah. Like I said, I, this makes me want to read this. And then the owl shows up. <laughs> yeah, really. He's down there in the corner. It's like the owl then kidnapped Dr. Tumolo. I thought that was that creep, but no, it's the owl there because you can see his awful hair. Yes. I want to be Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, that's a little too close. Uh, too much coincidence there for me. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they see, she then sees uh, that Dr. Tumolo gets uh, kidnapped by Hydra. And um, she does, you know, change into the cat and start fighting them off and, again, start kicking butt. But apparently Dr. Tumolo's maid was uh, in with Hydra. So she has a gun. And I don't know if it's like a... Oh, I'm sorry. It says it was in a... An alpha radiation pistol. So yes. <laughs> she shoots sure. her in the back, Zach, with that. And then Dr. Tumolo says, uh, Greer is doomed to die a lingering, painful death. She's only got one slim chance. For the first time in years, there must be a gathering of the cat people. Dun, dun, dun. No, real quick, though, go back to the page before. That's what I was talking about. Um, oh, okay. Where you know, the one Hydra's thinking, Gad, I fear Hydra's ranks are being are being refilled solely from the baser classes, perhaps. <laughs> so like I said, Isabella, I don't know whether it's other things or just here, but he has some kind of little subplot about Hydra's, like, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as they're concerned of, like, who they're getting their people from. And obviously they're pushing them through without the full Hydra indoctrination and training. Yeah, and I mean, at that it's point... It's just amusing. I wonder if that guy, though, is talking about this goofy maid that ended up being a hydra agent because those two guys that are getting the doctor they don't say anything goofy but the lady says put a lid on it jerko you're supposed to take her to headquarters not impress her with your flowery talk <laughs> yeah so i think that's who he's talking about but between him her and the hail hydra baby guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was fantastic hail hydra baby and then hits like, her on the what head the hell uh-huh. Reminds me of that creepy, uh, curly-haired guy in the Swamp Thing movie. Say hi to your boyfriend, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, again, it, it, they're going to have to have a, a, a meeting of the, the cat people here because they know a way to uh, save Greer's life, but it's going to uh, cost her uh, something, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, it's going to be a little of an issue, but she does. she says do it anyway. Mm -hmm. But I like how we get the history of the cat people. They evolved from <laughs> cats. Like men did me. Uh, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. And then not only that, they uh, had little pilgrim hats on. They tried to live among people. They tried to live with the pilgrims. And yeah, you have these cat people with pilgrim outfits. Like, it's kind of adorable. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. But they, they, they basically shun them because, I guess, you know, how they look. And it, it says, only once did we strike back. And with a secret weapon so terrible that we ourselves develop the means to counter it and now devote our lives to helping mankind repentance for this deed. And it shows, you know, cat people uh, working in like a laboratory and we call it the final secret. Hydra learned of us and it is determined to possess the weapon. I was the only one of us known to them. I pretended to be mindless to throw them off the track, but I was unsuccessful. And because of that, you're going to die of alpha radiation. There's only one way to save you. And they, uh, they, they, well, they give her the, the, the juice here, right? 
Yeah, but not just that. It's like, wait, so we've seen the flashback that Greer has been like working overtime, trying to pay for her life, plus like a full-time nurse to take care of this, you know, Dr. Tumaloka, she was, you know, brain dead as far as she knew. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I pretend to be brain dead and also, you know, cost all your money. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. I could have told you and you could have just helped me hide out because I knew you were a superhero, but nah. Yeah, so she gives her a cat head ring. And then she says, this works on three levels, dear. The ring has mystic powers. This serum, on the other hand, is purely chemical. And <laughs> she's smell got... This. Does it smell like chloroform? <laughs> yeah, she's like, what is this, ganja? She, she pulls this thing out, and it looks like a little cat, but it almost looks like a little cat piggy bank. But it has, <laughs> like, you know, instead of money, you would put it, it has these uh, smoke coming out of it that we don't know what it is. And then... Finally, we must harness our mental energies, focus them on the ring and the forces working within you. And it shows them all gathered around her, holding hands, all these cat people, which some of them look human and some of them look like full on uh, just a cat, a cat yeah. humanoid. <laughs> yeah, it says some of them had adapted so well being covering as human, they could not even turn back to normal cat anymore. Mm-hmm. So I and guess Dr. Trumel might be one of those. That's going to come into uh, play here in a minute, that, <laughs> that oh, thing. Yeah. So uh, I don't believe it. Our legends tell of this of one such as this. And Dr. Chamola says, yes, in the dim past, a human woman who became one of us, a great warrior called Tigra. And man, I love that splash page as well. It's goofy, but I, I don't know. There's something about it I really like where it's that full page. I love it. What do you think of that? Oh, no, it, you're right. It is goofy. I mean, because she's not just standing there as Tigra. She is like prosing and presenting. She's like, ta-da, Tigra. And look at her hair, too. Her hair apparently grew. And I don't mean like all over her body. The hair on the top of her head, it went from being like shoulder length to if you stretch it all the way out to the floor. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going at least down to her calves. It's not further. And yeah, she is also she plus, you know, the black bikini or underwear she was wearing is now changed color to match her skin match her so she almost looks like she's neat <laughs> yeah and then i love the faces on the uh, cat people uh seeing this happen like there's a woman there with her hand on her chest being like <gasps> and then all the guys look like yeah I'm they like, do it's really creepy the guy's yeah, like this, hello this is kind of creepy like don't start throwing dollars or anything here guys like this is really creepy gosh but it's funny then uh, Hydra had followed us to the lair of the cat people, determined to learn their secret. So then there's this, you know, brawl with the cat people and, you know, Hydra right here. And, uh, of course, they uh, want her to get away. They want Greer to get away. They're like, you know, get out of here. And there's this little secret passageway that they let her get out of there. But that's when Dr. Tumolo gets uh, captured by Hydra here. And, man, they treat her pretty rough. So I guess they have a bunch of guns so they can get the better of the cat people. So they capture all of them. And then the guy pimp slaps Dr. Tumolo. Yeah, no, because he's, well, Hydra's are jerks. Wow, is that, and it's the, the head guy, whatever, they, the section leader or whatever they called him earlier, yeah. with the cape, and he clobbers her. It's like, she's like an old woman, like, gosh. Hydra are jerks. Yeah, and then part three, some say the world will die. And uh, we have a uh, werewolf finite here, back to him on the beach. I guess he woke up from his nap, and he's pissed off and growling, and, he has the image of Tigra in his head, and he, it says, in his existence, the werewolf has never known anything but loneliness. In Tigra, he saw a companion. Well, then why did you attack her? Eh, he's confused. <laughs> but he's, he's working again. his emotions. 
Yeah, but like you said in that last issue, we talked about he's, he uses his like kind of you know uh, tracking abilities here to track her down and get inside this cave where uh, Hydra is, and that crazy section leader guy is still beating on the doctor here, and that's enough to you know piss off uh, werewolf here, and he jumps down, and I love it. It's the werewolf. <laughs> he comes growl flying down at them. That's awesome. And I'm pretty sure that section leader is dead now. Yeah, again, he slashes like the faces and skulls of two yeah. Hydra people, and one of them is the, the section leader guy. Yeah, and you can see like those masks are ripped apart. So yeah, he is right in the face. Yeah, they're, they're that again, those two guys at least have to be dead. There's just <laughs> there's no way around that. We can only hope. Yeah, really. And then he goes over and rips the bars open and uh she says, I don't know why old Wolfie here has decided to come on like the cavalry. But our combined strength is busting me out of this steel tiger trap. And then it's, you know, basically uh, the werewolf by night and Tigra against Hydra here. And Hydra's, you know, they're not going to go down too easy because they have guns and stuff like that. But it doesn't take long, really, though. Again, werewolf, that one panel there, he slashes this guy's chest and throat wide open. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tigra throws two guys and they get into like some kind of generator or something. You can see they get electrocuted. Yeah, they're dead, too. They have to be because there's electricity flying everywhere. And then I like that panel on the bottom left where he's picking the one guy up by his throat. It's like, holy crap, dude. And it looks like in the meantime, he's slashing another guy's face. Yeah, no, he is not stopping. Meanwhile, you know, Tigra and the you know cat people are like, yeah, well, let's get out of here. You know, while this, yeah. wounded, he, he, while this guy just decides to kill everybody, let's get ourselves, make ourselves scarce. Yeah, the doctor says you can't stop him. He's an animal and. She's like, animal or not, I can't let him fight alone. And she's like, there's no time, Guru. We've got to get free our people. So they leave him there. Yep. And he hears, but he hears, it. he's like, our people? Like others? Like me? Like her? Ooh. Mm -hmm. So they go down to the bowels of the uh, cave here. And that's when they, uh, you know, find there's uh, all the other people that are, uh, you know, down there locked up. So they uh, free them out of this, like, you know, kind of like prison cell, right? Yeah. Yeah, they freedom out. And apparently this cave is right above a volcano, I guess, because there's all kinds of fire coming from below. <laughs> yeah, and it's like there's a part where there's this Hydra guy and the werewolf jumps at him and knocks him over and he's, he's going to die. He's going into it, but he saves him for some reason. I don't know why. It's like, why are you saving that fool? I, it's almost like the werewolf can tell what he doesn't know. I don't think he knows what they're saying, but it's almost like he can tell the tone of the voice, like they're kind of almost like repulsed by the way how savagely he was attacking. So he's like, maybe I won't kill this one. See me good. Well, he goes to like grab the guy by the leg to like help him back out of there. But he's getting like burned up by the fire and Tigra helps by grabbing him by the leg. And I can't let him fall, but look, he's saving the Hydra agent. But then the next panel, you see Greer and Dr. Tumola walking away. And she goes, don't you see? He's not just a beast. And then, no, he wasn't. Not then. And he's just laying there like he's in really bad pain. And there's the Hydra agent's foot right there, too. <laughs> kind of twitching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, it's, it's, he's back up then and going to help them. But the Hydra agents are there. And they all have their guns. And they just start. They don't look like bullets. It looks like maybe like laser guns or something. And they just start, you know, zapping the crap out of everybody there. But Dr. Tumolo says, Greer, get everybody out of here. If Hydra wants the final secret so bad, I'm going to give it to them. And then the little caption box says, the final secret. 
The werewolf smelt it first. It made him slightly ill. The cat people, their faces grim, held their breath as they ran from the cave. And then I just sent you this panel. Yeah. I don't know if it was yesterday or earlier today. Please speak on this panel here. Oh, this is slightly disturbing. I mean, you see these Hydra agents just like gasping and like ripping at their clothes. And just the cap and like it's it's a it's pretty cool because the caption goes all the way down one side of the page and the caption boxes are like just going down as you can kind of see almost like a progression of them ripping at their clothes until they're dead on the bottom. What does it say? Caught unawares, the Hydra agents choked as an unknown gas entered their lungs. Sores appeared on their bodies. They vomited blackish blood. And in that isolated cavern, they died. Horribly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Th so this lady released like a biological weapon on them in there. I'm like, holy crap. And I mean, again, it's not like Hydra is a bunch of nice guys or anything like that. I totally get that. But first of all, holding your breath isn't going to stop a biological weapon no, from killing no, you. No, first of all, yeah, there's no reason why the rest of them weren't killed. And if it gets out of that cave, it's going to kill thousands of people. Yeah. Holy crap. And, and what does she say? Dr. Tomolo, Joanne, was that gas? The gas was merely a carrier of a bacteria culture that is very old, very deadly. It had only been used once before. On that occasion, men also died from it and christened it with the most terrible name they could think of. They called it the Black Plague. So the bubonic plague she just let loose. Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they said, you know, they burned. She tells them to incinerate every, everything remaining in the cavern, dead or alive, and then seal it off. So... Oh man, that's that's nasty. <laughs> but so the so you know what, kind of sucks to be that Hydra agent that the werewolf saved because you know he's gonna get burnt alive. <laughs> <laughs> he should just go jump in the volcano there. <laughs> and she does say make a good point here. She goes, but I thought you developed an antidote to the plague. And Doctor Tobolo says you don't understand, Greer. Yes, we had an antidote that worked in ancient times. Today, with car exhaust, smog, Lord knows what else in the air, it wouldn't be effective. Released in 1974, those germs would live up to the name we gave them, The Final Secret. And I'm thinking to myself, what? I don't know about the pseudoscience here, Doc. Yeah, so are this supposed to imply that they are the ones that released the black, that, that caused the black, you know, the, the black cat death? people? <laughs> yeah, back in the, you know, Middle Ages, Dark Ages or Middle Ages or whatever it was. Yeah, I'm thinking, well, she just, uh, yeah, the, the cat people are to blame. So there you go. You want to point oh. fingers? There you go. Yeah, it makes more sense than the explanation given on ancient aliens. So why not? Let's go with it. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, she goes, uh, it says, the werewolf cared little for explanations with battles uh, din. What, din stilled. And it yeah. says, other thoughts occupied his mind. And uh, I think we know what that is. And uh, yeah. he, he grabs like, hey, Tiger. Baby. Yeah, he grabs Tiger by the arm. And she goes, oh, looks like Doc's wild shot was on target. So how do you brush off a werewolf? And she, like, claws at him and says, hey, fella, I appreciate the help you gave me a while back, but that grateful, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but we don't get another fight because the doc has a better idea. You know? mm -hmm. She like says, he's a, yeah, he's attracted to you because, you know, you're like him. Oh, you change that. Concentrate on the ring, and she changes back to normal, although it's harder for her this time. Mm -hmm. She goes, wait, it's happening. Old hairy friend doesn't seem to find my human self very appealing. He looks almost panicky, and it says, 
The werewolf was stunned. One moment he faced one like him. Now a woman stood defiant before him. And I'm like, well, she stands defiant. But uh, those others, the cat people, suddenly they didn't seem very much like him either. He was alone once more among enemies. He fled. But then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Greer falls over here. What happens with her? Yeah, she turns his back to Tigra, even without planning on it, because apparently she's completely adapted. She cannot, might be able to never change back again. Yeah, Dr. Tremolo says, I'm sorry, Greer. You've adapted completely to your new body. You may never be able to change again. And Greer says, no tears for me, Doc, because I've gained some things too. Loyal friends, a cause to live for. I made out okay in the final run. But I wonder, what does someone like that werewolf have? And uh, I think he must be very lonely. And it says he fled into the rising sun, not stopping until its rays had transformed him into Jack Russell. Third night, the werewolf was alone. And how? And that's kind of sad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you got to feel for Jack at this point, right? Yeah. And we're, I mean, I like that this some of these are now getting more into like the werewolf's personality itself. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. has a bit of, you know, he has a. It's kind of like, you know, the Hulk, like we're now getting more into just, you know, not just, you know, a, a, a just unknowing brute, but it has its own brain. Mm-hmm. You know, not as advanced as Jack's, but it has its own brain and mind. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just not a, a savage beast. There's there's more to it than just that. Yeah. Not just a horror movie character, basically. So I do like the fact that it's like, I like that kind of like the thing, like that nice touch. Third night, the werewolf was alone. Mm-hmm. yeah that's really really cool yeah so all right well yeah that's gonna you know wrap us up for this one here really good though that was a lot of fun that giant size it, it seemed i feel like a lot of the other giant size seemed longer than that to me this one was i think it said it was 25 pages which obviously a lot of them were only like 17 18 back then maybe or even 22 at the most so 25 was a little bit longer but i just feel like some of those other giant size were even a little bit longer than that i guess it depends if they had uh backup stories or not yeah, I think this one has a backup story or two. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, it does well, have like a two or three page. Uh, like a pro story there by. But yeah, it's like Roy a background. Of, yeah, background on Werewolf by Night by Roy Thomas of like how they came up with the idea. Yeah. So, yeah, the next two that we're going to knock out then is 13 and 14, which is really cool for two reasons. Number one, I love this insane character. His name's Taboo. Uh, and he's got this, you know, crazy creature at his command and. We also meet uh, Topaz, uh, a sexy that's lady. That's the name. <laughs> yeah, sexy lady. That's going to be like, you know, Jack's uh, confidant and uh, cohort here with a lot of his adventures going forward. And then, of course, after I, that, uh, go right into the crossover, right? Yeah, I was a little confused by the next issue box from issue 12. It said his name is Taboo. And I'm like, wait, I thought that was, shouldn't it be her name? But you're right. It's Topaz. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I like I like her character quite a bit. I'm looking forward to uh, to talking about her going forward for a while because she's in here for a few issues. And yeah, I like that character quite a bit. Yeah, because I know she's there for the Tomb of Dracula crossover. Mm hmm. Yep. So I knew she had to be coming soon because I knew that because I heard on the, the first issue episode we did where you had the uh, Power Records thing at the end. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> love Power Records, especially the horror ones. <laughs> Gotta but, love the uh, fact they had that for little kids back then. Here's Werewolf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of those you're just thinking to yourself, what? Like, the, they have a, a Power Records, and it's the man thing, and it's Night of the Laughing Dead, which is insane. It's like one of those insane, horror, crazy, it's ridiculous. Suicide, well, and, it's yeah. crazy. 
and the Spider-Man one. There's a Spider-Man one, which is the Man Wolf. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> I had that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've heard that one too. That was a good one too. But again, it's a very I shouldn't say I wouldn't say it's adult themed or anything like that, but it's very scary and would it have been a for a young kid. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So all right, my friend. Well, that's gonna wrap us up here. Thank you for joining me once again. And uh if anybody wants to find you out there floating around, where can they look? Well, you can look for uh, my show, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, which is, you know, all about the Marvel characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. I mean, it's right there in the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in whatever podcatcher you use, or uh, look us up on our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, or on Twitter, at Adam Thanos Pod. Yep, absolutely. And then uh, I just, too, I want to get everybody on board here with this, too. Uh, there was another show that uh, you've just picked up with Tim Price as well. Why don't you talk about that? Oh, you mean the, oh, yes, yes, it's this. Tim Price and I started bringing back Make Ours Marvel because, you know, John and Michael Kaiser um, mysteriously vanished. We had nothing to do with that, really, I swear. (laughs) They're not tied up in a jail cell like the hangman's women. (laughs) Oh, man. No, they would not be in a tomb at all. Yeah, that was a... That's a good show. The, the the premise for that was they started out with, you know, the Marvel Silver Age stuff, you know, started out with, you know, issue one with a lot of Marvel's big titles. Not all of the titles they came out with, but like all the bigger ones that have all the basically all the MCU characters, you know, the main characters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They started with FF1. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, that's a good one, too. So make ours Marvel. Look for that as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, same feed. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and I'm sure since, you know, John and Michael are going to be gone forever, because I'm, I'm, I, I have no reason to know that. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Guessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that I guess we'll just keep doing that then, because, you know, they won't be able to take litigious action against us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thanos probably snapped them out of existence. Yes, that's it. Thanos, I blame him. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I, had, I was nowhere near, had nothing to do with it. You mm-hmm. can't prove it. No one saw me. No one saw a thing. They were snapped, or what, what was? What did everybody call it when he snapped that? The people that were gone away. They were, there was a specific term somebody kept saying. Uh, oh crap! I can't think of it. I they, can't remember either. Oh, or the 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 snapping. They've been the gone s- since the snapping. Oh God! <laughs> oh, fantastic! So yeah, get out there, get in that feed, and check out all the Marvel Cosmic, and now the uh, the other show as well on there with you and Tim. Tim's a great guy. Loved him. Had him on a couple of times here and there, too, floating around with Brave and the Bob, you know, talking Bob Haney, Jim Aparo. He's a big Jim Aparo guy. So, yeah, Tim's a good guy. Yeah, Tim's good. Tim is definitely good. Although, if anything bad happened, I would look at him first. Definitely look at him blame, first. We'll blame him, just like the cat people. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, that's going to get us out of here. Thank you once again, Al, for joining me. This was fantastic. Can't wait to jump into Taboo and Topaz and then the crossover. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, because Plug returns on artwork. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Looking forward to that big time as well. So, yeah, that's going to get us out of here. And uh, we will see you next time. Looks like the caretaker came back. Come on, let's cross. See? Everything's all right. Stop. You are not welcome in the castle. Go now, or abandon all hope of seeing the sun again. You stop that. We have permission to visit this castle. 
your last warning. To the entire band! The bridge is going up! Everybody jump! Swing over and lower the drawbridge. We can. Oh, drawbridge? You've got to do it to save Daphne. Okay, yeah. let it go. everybody that wraps up this show i want to thank al for being on once again definitely check out his adam warlock and thanos uh, feed great stuff on there especially all the good marvel cosmic definitely check out uh his uh, new venture he's with tim price yeah frequent guest of the network here he's uh 
definitely uh, doing something really cool. They have picked up with uh, Make Ours Marvel, uh, the guys that uh, used to run that show that had to step away. Or they're covering, you know, all the Silver Age Marvel stuff. And it's uh, really good stuff. So definitely get out there and uh, give them some support. All right, everybody. We'll catch you next time.